A lot of them going to children's church this morning. All the, it's a new session starting with them, and a lot of new people have signed up to do that. So with our children's church, you're not always out of the sanctuary. We try not to do that. We have several people that sign up for that, and then they, they're only out of the sanctuary a few, uh, a few weeks. And then about every three or four months, they go back out and do children's church again. And then uh, it, wor- it works out pretty good that way. Good morning. morning. Everybody doing all right? I've got a couple of things I want to talk about tonight. We start our war room study. Yep. Uh, I have a, that wasn't very much clapping there, but uh, yeah. I have have 20 more books here. We got last week, we didn't have any power most of the time, but uh, we still had a wonderful time. And uh, the books that I had ordered were gone real quick. So I ordered another 20 books, and you can have them right after service today. So we'll start that at 6 o'clock tonight. That'll last five weeks. And then uh, uh, on spiritual gifts, we didn't start it last week because so many people uh, were not here. So we're starting it this week, and I don't have the same sermon I had last week. Uh, God changed all that again, as usual, for me. I try to listen to God. I do my best to listen to God. Sometimes I listen to Paul more than I do God, and then I get myself in trouble. Uh, but I, I do my best to, to try to listen. And so this week, uh, starting this sermon, uh, the series is called The Real Deal. Um, I'm not going to so much in the next few weeks go to each gift. And if you're, I brought my magic wand up here. If this is what you're looking for, the gifts are yours. That's not going to happen. You know, throughout the weeks, I have so many people call me, and some of them are desperation over different things going on in their lives, and people, a lot of them I don't even know, it's a drug use and things like that, people call me about constantly. And they, they always want this magic wand. And people want to find out what God, what's the will of God in their lives. Well, everybody wants a magic wand. Just tell me, just tell me. Well, you know, if, if, if it was that way, then you wouldn't respect it. And, you, and you, just, you just wouldn't cherish it so much. But when we, when we try to figure out and understand through the will, of, the will of God through prayer and study and just asking God over and over again, God, what, what, is, what is it you're asking me to do? What are the gifts that, I, that you've given me? How can I use these things? That, when that starts to take place in your life, you're really wanting to understand. And you don't need this anymore. Amen? If you're looking for this, you're in the wrong church. Uh, you know that last song they did sung? You know how, wow, that, that tears you, that song can tear you up. You know how precious we are in the eyes of God? Amen? Do you know how, what's the right word I'm looking for? Oh. I guess just how special, and there's nothing special about us except for Christ, that we are, that God wants us to be, and, and how he just takes us and changes us and molds us to be who he wants us to be. I never earned anything. God's always allowed me to be so gracious with the gifts and the things he's given me over the years. When you start to think you've earned it, you've lost it. Uh, It's never about what we do. It's about what God allows us to do. Because, see, if I wanted to do something, if I want to learn who my gifts are, and I kind of took God out of the scenario, I would never understand it. It's only by the grace of God that, that, that I understand some of the things he's given me. 
So once we, when we get into the sermon, one of the things you, if you really want to understand your gifts, you're going to have to put yourself aside. Your, yourself has got to be put back, back out of the way. If you really, truly want to go where God's taking you. I've been here for seven years in this church now, and um, I never really have been able to see very far out where God's taken us. I just, it's continual prayer. But right now with the prayer with this war room study and, and going deep into prayer and then the gifts, I can almost see where God's wanting to take us a little, a little farther out than normal. And I, I have so many sermons that I, I don't have them written yet, but they're right here and they're right here. <laughs> and I just, I, I started writing them out this week and I looked at it and I said, oh my goodness, we'll be here forever. <laughs> so I had to, I have to, I, I write these things out and I have to start taking them away taking all the stuff out because I know I can't fit it in there. So some of the things you're going to hear today, you say, well, that's not so much about spiritual gifts. But what, I'm, what I want to try to do for you in, the, in this first series is, is, is try to encourage you and, and, and show you how the Holy Spirit works and how the gifts work through that Holy Spirit and encourage you to find. If you don't know your, your spiritual gifts, I want to encourage you to, to find your spiritual gifts because it's about time you found them. And uh, I just want to encourage you that way this morning to, to start in, in that process. Um, in March, on March 13th, where's Brent at? Brent, stand up for a minute. Brent's going to start a four-week study on spiritual gifts. We talked with Brent last week, I guess, on it. And he's preparing himself now. And we'll start that. It'll be two weeks before Easter, two weeks after Easter on Sunday nights. And so uh, I'm hoping as we go through this war room and through these, this series on, on spiritual gifts and then to go right into the study that when we get done, well, we are really a powerful church. Amen? That uh, we're able to tackle the things God puts before us. And we will. And we will. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you this morning, Lord, and I pray for humble hearts. And I pray for mine to be very, very humble with humility. Lord, knowing that... Uh, there's nothing good about me that never has been. And knowing it's only by your grace and your precious love that I stand before you. Lord, it's a privilege to speak your word. It is a privilege to understand your word. It is a privilege to share your word. So Lord, I ask as we start this series, Father, that the ones that are not sure about their gifts, and some of them may be doing one or two gifts, but you may have so many different gifts for us, Father. And I pray that we start to learn these gifts, and as we learn them, we embrace them, we practice them, and we take them out to the world. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There's a, in this church we have, there's a teams right here. This is one of the very beginnings, how God asked me to start, the, to start this church. And those teams are based upon your gifts. There's lots of gifts. Uh, you can go to Romans 12 and find all kinds of gifts. And, you just can't look at the one gift and say, well, that's the only gift I got. Those gifts can be, if you look at it in a three-dimensional way, it's, there are lots of gifts just off of one gift. So we have to understand these gifts and then embark in upon them. But in this church, we have 16 different teams there and a few teams off of those teams. And that's how the body of Christ works. It's a finger and it's a hand and it's a, a nose and it's a heart and it's a lung. And they're, they're embodied in those, in those teams. And so in March, the first Sunday in March... Right after church, we will do what we normally do every year is we're going to have a, this year we're going to have a big dinner right after church and then all the team leaders will be setting up their 
team, we have called it the tailgate party out in the lobby. And so after church, if you're not on a team or if you're ready to, to get on another team or switch teams, that's the time of year. We can do it any time of year, but that's the time of year you can actually talk to the team leaders, find out what those teams are about, and that's how we serve God. And I'll tell you, one of the, one of the wonderful things I've learned, I've learned over the years is we are created to serve God. Amen? And we're created together to do these things, never separate. I see people that want to do things outside of the church. It's not biblical. It's not biblical. You show me. Paul always went, when he started his missionary journeys, he went through the church of Antioch. Everything goes through the church. There's no long rangers. It's through the church. We serve each other together. When I became an evangelist many, many years ago, the first thing I did was go to the church I was in and say, will you send me out? I just didn't go do what I want to do. That's not how it's done. It's done through the church. And as the church came together, they voted on it. They voted to send me out. And that's the way we're supposed to do those things. You ever wonder why some people, they seem like they do work, work, work for God, but there's no power behind it? Because God's not always involved with your work. He's involved with his work, not your work. So these gifts, they have to be done according to God's word. There is no other way. You can just beat yourself against the wall, but you're not going to find it. It's the only, one, only way. So as we get started this morning, we're going to start in the book of Nehemiah, just for a few verses. Then we're going to go to Romans 8. I want to pray again. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word that we can look at the people that have gone ahead of us and we can look at their lives and we can see the, the, the way that you have put it together, Father. And if we will just follow your instructions, then you open up our hearts to receive the things you ask us to receive. And then we become in, emboldened in those things. And the church strives. And it just, it just is a beautiful church that way. In any other way, it's not. Lord, take us where you want us to go. Don't make it easy on us. Lord, let us search out. Let's practice. Let's exercise our gifts and become the church that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Nehemiah. I'm going to go there in just a minute, but we're going to stand this verse up. But in Nehemiah, he saw a great need. He was, he was told about it. He saw the pain, the agony of, of what took place in, in, in Jerusalem. The walls were torn down, and the, and the place was just completely destroyed. It was after Babylon had come in and taken over them, and it's, 70-some years later. And he saw the destruction. And then when he saw it, he prayed over it. And then when he prayed over it, he had to face the fears and the struggles to be able to embark on it. We'll go look at that in a minute. Everybody stand. Let's read this verse. The woman answered and said, wait a minute, that's not the verse I want. That's not the verse I want. It's John 14. 17. Somebody's got it wrong. John 14, 17. John back there, can you get it up there for me? I'm looking up, so this ain't got nothing to do with no woman today. <laughs> 14, I'm going to read it, then you guys, he'll get it up there in a minute. 
the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Can everybody repeat that after me? John, don't worry about it. Don't go, don't, we'll just get, don't go killing yourself. There, don't kill yourself over it. The spirit of truth. Everybody say that. Whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Just leave it up here for a second, John. Everybody can sit down, please. Okay. You know, there's something that excites me. And it's... it's uh, it's called the Word of God. It just it, it excites me. I don't know how, I, I know people get, you know, I come up here and I yell a little bit too much and all that stuff, but it just, I, it's not yelling about mad. I get excited about the Word of God. When I start looking into Nehemiah and I start to pray and, and studying for things, I just get excited about it. It's all I can do to even stand here in the beginning and be like, well, I'm calm. You know, because I don't want to be calm. I like to be excited. And I, I read the, the Spirit of Truth. What is the Spirit of Truth? Man, that Spirit of Truth is, lives in me. Amen. It lives in me. Why can't we get excited about that? We, we need to be excited about that. I have something called the spirit of truth. The truth, God's word. The reason Jesus came to the earth was to bring truth. I have that spirit living in me. That's exciting. And that same spirit is what motivates me to preach. It's what motivates me to look at people and say, I love you, I want to help you, I want to teach you about the Word of God, I want to show you how to get saved, I want to show you what baptism is about. It's, those, it's that truth, that spirit that guides me. And without that spirit of truth, without that Holy Spirit within me, I wouldn't have any excitement. I wouldn't have any excitement. See, with a Christian, we should have excitement. Now, I'm not saying we've got to go around jumping up and down all the time, but by goodness, when you start talking about the Word of God, you ought to at least say, oh, I'm, I'm excited. I may mean, have to hold it in, but I'm excited. You've got to be excited. Whom the world cannot receive, the world can't receive it. And I understand they don't understand our excitement, but we should. We should. And I'll tell you what, if we can't be excited about the Word of Truth, the Spirit of Truth, why in the world would they even want to embark on it? Why would they even care? Why would Nineveh even care? We see answered prayer in this church all the time. You know, Kingston came home yesterday, amen? amen. And the whole world got to see answered prayer this morning when they got the pastor, what's his name? Adams was seed. I can't pronounce that name. And some other Americans out of Iran, amen? That's answered prayer. I know people are praying all over the world for those men. They've been praying for them for years. Guess what? God answered the prayer. They're on a plane. They're coming home. This pastor gets to meet up with his wife and his family, and he hadn't seen him for years. That is truth. That is love. Amen? You say, well, why did God take wait so long? I don't know, but God's got his reasons. Maybe he just wanted the whole world to really know that he answers prayers. Maybe everybody didn't know and hear about it. Maybe it took a long time for people to understand that and see it. But they see it now. The politicians will say, I done it. I did it. Barack Obama will stand up and say, oh, I did it. <laughs> we know who did it. God did it. God did it. That Holy Spirit did it. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Amen. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. Amen? Act like it. <laughs> Act like it. Use it. He just wants to pour out of you. 
I didn't even get started on this sermon here. Here we go. If we fear evil, let's, I want you to pay attention to these principles. These are, I have so many principles, I could like put a few up here today. It's probably more than I usually put up. If we feared evil the way we fear being too busy for God, i got to stop here for a minute. If we feared evil, the evil that tears this world apart, if we feared that, if we feared evil the way we fear being too busy for God, because some people just, oh, I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. What's your spiritual gifts? Well, I don't know. I'm just so busy. 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, and you're too busy to give the God that gives you breath, that gives you your heartbeat. You're too busy. You need to rethink your life. You need to rethink it. We can't be too busy for God. Oh, I'm just busy. Well, quit being busy. Start being busy for God. Quit being so busy everywhere else. You ain't as busy as me, okay? I'm just going to put it out like, you ain't as busy as me. I have two full-time jobs. I'm out of town all the time. You're not as busy as me. I got plenty of time, God. You know why? I spend time with God. I love God. I get excited about it. I'd rather spend more time with God than anything in the world. So don't give me the busy stuff. Go somewhere else give that. It ain't going to happen here. Too busy for God, we would be defeating evil with goodness. Amen? We'd be defeating evil with goodness. If your struggles have more authority, listen to this, if your struggles have more authority, and that word authority I put in there, over your life, thank God, you just might have a problem with trusting God. You guys like that one or not? See, if your struggles are overpowering your life, then there's something going on in your life that's not quite where God wants you to be. Now, praise God is allowing those struggles in your life, these trials and things, because we need to learn to trust God more in our struggles. So one of the things we think, I just can't use my gifts because oh, I'm so struggling everything I just can't do. I got so many people that call me during the week with so many different things. One lady's like, I can't come to church. Why can't you come to church? I'm depressed. I said, well, you're depressed because you don't come to church. I know. What do you want me to do? Where's my magic wand? I don't know. You know I just, all you can do is tell them what it is, the truth. You're struggling because you're not doing the things God asks you to do and you call yourself a child of God. What do you want God to do to say it's okay? I want to exercise my gifts. I want to learn these gifts. But you've got to do it in God's order. When life quits being all about you, the eyes of your heart see the light of eternity. Amen? What a glorious day that was. Spiritual gifts are given to bring supernatural. Oh, I love this word. Supernatural. Holy Spirit power. Where do you get your power? Everybody say, what? Holy Spirit. What? Yeah, that's where, yeah, that's where the power comes from, the Holy Spirit. He only gives us power. But you know what else? He gives us besides power? Energy. You know what I need more than anything? Doug, energy. I'm getting old. I need energy. Well, he gives me the power, and he gives me the energy. How's he doing it? He's the Holy Spirit. I said, Lord, I need energy. Poof, I got it. He said, well, that's that magic thing. No, it isn't. I'm praying for it. I'm asking for it. He's got business for me to do. I know he knows I need energy. He gives me power and the energy to do it. Your life and the life of others. Spiritual gifts are given to bring supernatural Holy Spirit power and energy to your life and the life of others. Go ahead, please. If we can't get to where God wants us to take us, if we're not, we can't get to where God wants us to take us if we're not willing to, willing to place our weaknesses in his hands. You want your gifts to, you want these, understand these gifts and stuff? Start with the weaknesses in God's hands. I, I can't, you gotta have, you gotta place those things in God's hands. He'll take those weaknesses, whatever it is, he'll take those things and he'll improve your life because he has such a job for us to do. 
He's got, a, he's got a job for us. You know, Jeremiah 20, I live, and we, looked, we looked at a lot this last summer, and it's, I have a plan for you. You know what the plan is? It involves the gifts that he gave you. Amen? It involves the gifts that he gave you. You can't get to the plan until you understand your gifts. So some of you say, well, I've never exercised my gifts. I know. I know. I'm, I'm aware of that. Some of you are real new Christians. You don't understand anything. I know. That's why we're preaching on it. That's why we're going to help you with studies and prayer so you can get where God's wanting to take you. That's what we do in a church. That's what it's about. The war room study, when we start that. That's, that's, a, that's a room that we go to, and, and it's the battle room. You know, any good, anytime there's a battle or anything going on, there has to be a strategy. Amen? It didn't just know, let's go fight. No, it's got to be a strategy to it. And that's what that war room is all about. It's a strategy. There's so many things that are going to come after you and this church because God is taking us in a powerful place, a place where most churches won't go. He's going to take us there, but we have to be prepared. Amen? So if you want to get prepared, you've got to get and understand the war room. You've got to have the strategy to go. Because the devil's coming after you. He's coming. He doesn't let up. I tell you the truth. You hear this in the Bible all the time. I tell you the truth. If you're not willing to live, if you're, if you're not living under God's divine power, God's divine power, the calling that he's, he's called you to, using his spiritual gifts, you're living under a disguise that brings struggle and turmoil. Somebody say something to me. You're living in a disguise. So preacher, that's hard. Would you rather have me be hard on you or something else? I don't want you to live in a disguise. I want you to come out of that. God's supreme divine power flows from those who pursue their spiritual gifts. It flows from you. It just flows. It just, the Holy Spirit just flows out of you. I had somebody tell me that they talked to somebody, met somebody, and they could just feel God, just tell God was all over that person. The Holy Spirit just flows out of you. Let me ask you a question. Does the Holy Spirit just flow out of you when you meet new people? Does it just flow out of you? Do you have words of love and truth? Do you have words from God when you meet people? Does it flow out of you? It should. In some, in some way, some fashion, even at work, you can be more nice. Is that, a, is that a word? More nice? How about kinder? Than maybe the person over here that doesn't have the Holy Spirit. Somebody that can, you can have a little more patience than somebody else. The thing say, well, there's something different about Josh there, and I know they're saying that about the fire station down here about you. There's something a little different about Josh. Yeah, it's called the Holy Spirit. He moved in, I moved out. It makes a big difference in our lives. God's supreme uh, driving power flows from those who pursue the spiritual gifts. Have you considered what God had in mind when he created you? Can you have you considered what God had in mind when he created you? You know, does, why did God create, why am I here on this earth? To serve God. I'm just telling you. You go read the scriptures. It's to serve God. And we serve God. We, as we serve God, we serve each other, the children of God. To serve God, to do what God's asking us to do. Hmm. Well, if that be true, and it is, if you search the scriptures, you'll find that out. What kind of job am I doing? When I'm, am I serving God in, in the way he's asking me to serve? Am I serving him the way I demand to be? I want to serve? How am I serving God? Together, and this is the main thing that I'm going to push through these series, through this, these sermons is together. We do everything together. We hurt together. We love together. We bury each other together. We do everything together. 
when weddings take place, we, we embrace that and love each other. And when people are in the hospital, do you think the stranger world that goes out and visits people in the hospital? Sure they do if they're a family member. See if they're in the hospital. We go and we visit each other. We embrace that and we love each other through it. Isn't that way a church is supposed to work? You know what I think is wrong with most churches? They forgot. They forgot how it works. They forgot how the word of God works. They forgot or they've never known. Together we, as we live, love, and, and serving using our God-given gifts, we can find peace in our struggles and bring the glory of, God, glory of God's power to Nineveh and Columbus and Edinburgh and Franklin and the state and then the whole country and then the world. You know, we have people that come in here quite often and they'll come for a while and then they leave and they go out different places, whether it be uh, an organization comes in here and a few people here, they come and they go, whether it be soldiers or Tara or other people that come through here and they go out, and they go out. And I get phone calls and I get messages back from them and tell them, they tell me how they're doing. I got one this week that got back with me and just told me that how much this church, how much you people meant to her spiritual life, to her life with Christ. And now she's all back in Linton, Indiana and doing really good. And I found a beautiful church over there, excited, wanted to tell all of you how much she appreciated what you'd done while she was here. Amen? That's the way a church works, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Nehemiah, chapter 1. I'm just going to read a few verses. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. How many of you know about the book of Nehemiah? I've preached on it several times over the years. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept. Okay. When I teach on prayer, that's at least one of the first verses I go to. This is a man that, that, that's seeing something different than he ever seen it before. This, this news has come to him. And about the people he loves, the, the country he loves, the city he loves. And he's so distressed over it that when he hears it, that he sits down and he weeps. I'll be honest with you, I haven't wept like that in a long time. Sometimes I do in my private times when I'm praying for people. And mourn for many days. That means he didn't just, it wasn't just for the moment. He really took this in. It really took it in. And, and what, he's, what, he, what God's doing with, with Nehemiah, God's getting ready to, to bring him some special things to do that God's called him to do. Nehemiah is going to be what we'd call a ministrator. He's going to have to come to grips with his fear. And he understands that. He understands the position. is He's the cupbearer for the king, which means that you could be killed if you come in front of the king with a sad face or anything. Anything could happen to him. He has got to be on his game when he's in front of the king. So he understands that, and he understands the only, when he starts to see about this, and he understands, I have the power, my position in, the, in, in, in Persia, which is Iran, I have a position with this king that I could do some good. God has put me in this position, a Jew, in a position that I could do some good. But boy, there is a lot of things that have got to happen. Who's got that in lives? A lot of things have got to happen before I can get to where God's taken me. Man, I don't see how God's going to break down these walls. Well, if you're not going to pray, if you're not going to be heartbroken like, like Nehemiah is here and just mourn and start to pray over it, then you might have some trouble. It says here, 
And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that at last I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of what? Heaven. Our God. Go ahead, please. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king, and now I had never been sad in his presence before. When was he sad in the king's presence before? Everybody say never. Okay, he, he understood what God's calling him to do. He prayed over it. He prayed over it. And then he says, I've got to face my fears. I've got to face this king because the position I'm in, the only way this is going to get done is I've got to face the struggles I've been in in my life. I've got to face this, and I've got to give it in God's hands. See, every, all our weaknesses has got to go in God's hands. Amen? You want, you want your spiritual gifts? You just want to know your spiritual gifts, or do you want to use your spiritual gifts? See, that's a, you just want to know them. If you just want to know them, well, that's no good. But if you really want to know them to be able to use them, that's something else. That's something. What are you willing to do once you find out what your spiritual gifts? What are you willing to do with them? Hmm, good gift. Glad I had that one. What are you willing to do? Are you willing to, to work for God no matter what that cost may be? No matter what it may take? Are you willing to, to actually face the fears and the struggles to get where God wants you? My fear was talking in front of people. I couldn't talk in front of people. You guys have heard that story. A lot of you, it was a BSF when I learned how to talk in front of people by standing up finally by some holy angel holding me up because that's the only way I got up. But that's how the fear, when, that, when I did that that night, and all I could say was, I just want everybody to know that I love God. And I sat back down, and God says, I can use you now. As the tears rolled out of my eyes. Because I knew that I finally faced the biggest fear I had in my life. And that was to stand up and talk in front of Who's got the fear of that? Not as much as me. <laughs> I feared it. I take, in, in school, book reports. How many remember book reports in school? I don't know if they still do that or not. You'd have to do the book report. I didn't like reading books to begin with, so I just read Reader's Digest. They were shorter. And then you'd have to get up and do what? An oral what? Book report. Brayden, you guys have to do that? Well, you know, Brayden, just close your ears for a minute. You know what I would do? F, please. I am not getting up there. I didn't get up there. I wouldn't get up there. Flunk me if you want. I'm not doing it. That's the truth. Why? Because I had a fear of talking in public. Get more than two people, I let Vicki take over, and she's good at it. Ain't she John and Donna? She can take over. I got no problems. I can stand back there and listen to her go. I have no idea what she's saying, but listen to her go. So we have to, if we're going to find these gifts out, we have to face the fears that holds us back from the gift. He said, well, I don't know about that. Well, just see what happens. Why? And the king says, verse 2, Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad since you are not sick? Uh-oh. This is it, man. This is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became, everybody read that for me, so I became what? As far as I'm going in the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah saw the situation. You live in Nineveh, you live in Edinburgh, you live in Columbus, you live in Franklin, you live, some of you live way out in Martinsville, some of you live in Plainfield, some of you live in Beach Grove, some of you live in Bloomington. 
you, you come here and you, and you see these, you see the thing around. Are you all not blind? You're not blind to what's going on in the world, right? You're not blind to what's going on in, in, in your job sites. And, and you look, you say, where's the Christians? I don't know. Where are they? I can't find any. <laughs> you know, where, where are they? Where's the joy of the Lord in our world today? When I grew up, we had joy of the Lord. There was, it wasn't hard to find a Christian. Everybody went to church, just about everybody, except for Hollywood people, the only ones. Everybody else went to church. I, at least I grew up thinking that. Churches were full, and things were, seemed to be all right. And then somewhere along the line in the mid-60s, early 60s, it kind of went thump. And when abortion came along, we decided it was all right to murder kids. It really went thump. We have an obligation. We have a calling. If we're children of God, if we see what's going on around us, and you say, well, I can't do anything. Well, no, you cannot. But praise the Lord, I know a king that can. I know a king that can. He's given us some wonderful tools. He's given us his word. He's given us people that can teach it and people that can understand it, that can give it out. He's given us wonderful gifts already, just things like that. So what holds the world back? What holds this city back or this state back from coming under God's word? Us. Us, the church. We've become so weak that we feel like we can't do anything anymore. But we can. We can rekindle this. We can start anew. Amen? The word of God is the same. We just got to quit playing with the word of God. I had somebody on the phone this week saying, what do you think about homosexual preachers? I said, I don't think nothing about them. I don't think they're preachers. He said, well, they, they, they've got their own thoughts. I said, well, they can have whatever they want. But they can't get past Romans 1 and 2, and they can't get past Sodom and Gomorrah as far as I'm concerned. They can throw it out of the Bible if they want, but they can't get past it. I don't think it's a church. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a preacher. Don't even go there with me because I'll just tell you the truth. I love them just like any other sin. But if you're going to embrace that sin and say there's nothing wrong with that sin, i got a real problem. i got a real problem. It's just like you come in here and say, well, there's nothing wrong with this and nothing wrong with that. Yes, there is. It's in the Word of God. You know, I used to say, well, I can murder anybody. Well, no, you can't. It's in the Word of God. It says you can't do that. It's the same. It's sin. It's sin. We have to embrace our fears and go on. In Romans 8, 5 through 17, I'm going to try to go through this as quick as I can. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. The world has people with some great knowledge and great understanding and great things like that. But to me... Unless they have the wisdom of God mixed in with those things, it's just knowledge from the world, which is just things that Satan will use to help destroy the world even further. See, for me, it's just whatever comes from the Word of God. It's got to come from the Word of God to make me excited, to make me say, I want to listen to that person. I want to listen, I want to, listen to somebody like Frank and Graham, you know, or Billy. I want to listen to those type of people. Now, they've got some really wisdom and some wonderful things. For, the, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that's what I'm talking about. It's how these gifts are, this supernatural energy that we have is from these gifts, the things of the Spirit. Now, I have a couple buckets up here in the court world. Now, I've got this one here. I wrote a couple things on it. It's, you know, bucket, who, who got bucket lists? I had, I had some bucket lists before in my life. This is a self-bucket list, and this is a God's bucket list. And I've got this, got this to do a little different. It's not like what you're going to think it'd be. See, in, in, in our self-bucket list, what if, if we claim to be Christians, we have the Holy Spirit, do we? Everybody say what? Everybody say what? Why don't we uh, pray and, and in our bucket list, instead of saying, I want to do this and do that, we have a, a complete surrender. So, the, what, is, that, is that in any of your bucket list? Gee, is that your bucket list? How about more living in the Spirit? Is that in your bucket list? It's, it's not... 
how about more forgiveness for others? Is that in your bucket list? Oh, how about more prayer? Is that in your bucket list? Or more love? Is that in your bucket list? Or how about more faith? Is that in your bucket list? Or how about more trust? Is that in your bucket list? Or how about no more fear? Is that in your bucket list? Or how about no more struggles? Is that in your bucket list? How about no more excuses? I love that one. Is that your bucket list? Oh, here's, how about this one? No more distrusting God. Is that in your bucket list? Is that, is, is that your bucket list? Now, there's nothing wrong with having a bucket list of things you want and stuff like that. But if it's more important than the bucket list that God would love for you to have, then we got a problem. Amen? See, I, I can't say, I, I have toys. I like my toys, okay? I have a few toys. I like them. But they don't have power over me. This is my bucket list. That's my, okay, now this is a, a God's bucket list. God's bucket list. Let's see what God's bucket list might, might be. Get out of there. It won't come out because nobody wants to hear it. Oh, here we go. Here's God's bucket list that he would love for. I just, some things I wrote down that I think he would, God says, love me. Now, if God had a bucket list, wouldn't he say, love me? Would that be top on it? Love me? That would be God's bucket list. How about if God had a bucket list and they said, will you trust me? Please just trust me. Now, that, well, that was God's, but how about if God had a bucket list and he said, surrender all to me? If that was God's bucket, wouldn't that be in God's, isn't that, what the, isn't that stuff in the Bible? Am I going to end that in there? Or how about come to me? See, that's, that's a, that'd be a good one for God's bucket list. Come to me. How about, here we go. Be in me. And I in you. With peace. God's bucket. How about love more? God's bucket. Sounds like the other bucket list, don't it? Oh, man. Let me see. I will guide your path all the way to heaven. God's bucket list. How about pray more? God's bucket list. Here's one more. Stand still, allow me to fight your battles. Amen. God's bucket list. Wouldn't that be good if we could make our bus bucket list like that? Wow. God has so much more for us. If our minds are thinking according to God's word and not the world's world. See, the, the world's world's bucket list is all the toys and all the things they want to do. I want to go on vacation. I want to retire. I want to do this. I want to do that. That's the, how the world thinks. See, what God wants us to do, he wants us to think like he thinks. Amen? He wants us to have a bucket list like him. Verse 6, For be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There's a, there's a true difference. Because the carnal mind is an enemy, it means enemy against God. How is it against God? Everybody say enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, the word of God, the love of God, the truth of God. It's outside of it. It can't understand. Nor indeed can, can be. See, but, but the Christians, us, that are trying to understand our spiritual gifts, the reason we go here in the beginning of, these, of this series is say, you've got to decide where's your, where's your heart and your mind. You've got, to, you've, got to really, you've got to really test yourself. What is it I really believe what does I really understand, and where do I really want God to take me? Because until you can answer that, what are you going to happen if God swung that magic wand over and you said, okay, my gift is, uh, is ministry, and it's administration, it's all the, what am I going to do with that? I don't know what I'm going to do with that. I just know that's what it is. You've got to have a strategy, a strategy, because the carnal mind is an enemy to God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot what? cannot please God. Some of you, 
can work really hard trying to please God, but your works are in vain. It's, it, if it's outside of God's word, outside of God's truth, you can't please God. I didn't say it. The scripture said it. God said it. Go ahead, please. Some guy called me. I, I had a lot of phone calls this week, and I always do, but one guy called me this week was interested in certain parts of the Bible, prophecy and things like that. Are you here? Whoever called me, if you're not here? No, I don't know the man. Anyway, I started talking to him about it, and uh, as I always do, is I, I, somehow I try to get that conversation about where are you going to church, How, what are you doing for God? Well, I'm not going to church. Okay, you want to learn these things, but you don't want to, what are you going to do with them when you learn them? What are you going to do with it when you learn them? You're not wanting to learn them together. So I automatically know the man wants to learn something that he has no idea what he's going to do with it because he's not involved in any church anyway. So why do you want to learn them? I don't know. So when I, I talk to people like that, what, what do you want to try? Well, I'm, I'm going to be in church Sunday, preacher. I'm going to be, I like the way you talk. That's, I'm going to be in church Sunday. Are you here? Are you here? It's snowing, I know. Carnal-minded. You can't be carnal-minded. You have to be in the Spirit. In the Spirit. In the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. Spirit. If you've got the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit indwells in you. These gifts are yours. They're yours. They're irrevocable. They're yours. You'll find that in Romans. Irrevocable. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit, he is not his. I'm going to read that one more time. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Wow. wow. That's pretty blunt, isn't it? Well, how, would you like, how would you like Paul preaching that at you? You don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. Now, some of them old-time preachers I grew up with, man, they'd be, yeah, you got the spirit, you're not saved, you're going to hell. You want to go to hell? Where do you want to go? You have to have the Spirit. Amen? See, and it, without it, your mind is not thinking like the truth, like the Spirit of God. It's thinking in a different way. I think one of the hardest things for Christians to really understand is that those people that are involved, you're involved with, that do not belong to Jesus Christ, they do not think the way the people that do belong to Jesus Christ. There's a different way of thinking. You used to think like that, but you don't think that way anymore. They don't think about using their spiritual gifts because they don't even know what they are. We should be thinking about our spiritual gifts, learning about them, have a strategy put together, and therefore going out and using them. And, the, and if Christ is, not, is in you, the body is... Let me see, I messed that up. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. Amen? The body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Hmm. And the Christ is in me, the body is dead. That means I've got to die to my what? Self. I've got to be able to let myself perish so that I can see the light of eternity, the light of God. I wrote something down and I will read it to you this morning. You might, I, put, I put this in my Bible. It's my, I, really, I was up here praying this morning and, and got this and I, put, I write a lot of things in my Bible, a lot of principles. And I wrote this somewhere in my Bible, right there, right there at the bottom. I'll, I'll read it to you. It says, until I learn to trust God with my time, 
until I learn to trust God with my time. I mean, I have to trust God with my time. Time is valuable, right? I know it's 24 hours a day and seven days a week, but time is valuable. It's more valuable than money to a lot of people. Time is valuable. So until I learn to trust God with my time, the precious gift he has given me will always be subject to my time. Does that make sense to you guys? I've got to remind myself of that all the time. Until I trust God with my time, the precious gift he's given me will be always subject to my time. Somebody say something. I just kind of flipped, did a couple of flips and a couple of whatever. I didn't really do that. I wanted to. My mind said I wanted to, but my body said no. no. I'm limited. I can't even dance. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, see this thing of dwelling in you, it's over and over, it's what I'm pounding to you, dear. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to our mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells, say, who dwells in what? Say everybody say, who dwells in me. Now, you, who do you got in you? Who's in you? He's in you. Now, you just claimed that, right? You just, you claim that. Okay, I'm glad you're claiming that because you're going to be held accountable for that. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. You know, God owns, you know, God owns you. He created us. He owns us. If you claim Jesus Christ, and if you don't, he, he gives you every breath, every heartbeat. He owns you. You say, well, I don't have time for God. Well, God owns everything about you. He owns you. Show me in the, you show me, you, I'll challenge every one of you here. Show me in this Bible where it says you don't have to serve God. Show me in this Bible where the gifts were just something just to throw out there. Show me where it says I don't have to serve God. Go ahead, just show me. And if you find it, you've made your own Bible up. We are created to serve God. We're created to serve God. And we, create, we serve him through the gifts that he's given us. Whether we are debtors. You know, I, got, I brought this. Somebody asked me, what's that oil up there for, Paul? You don't even own a John Deere. I know, but Bill Willis owns a bunch of John Deeres. I'll have to give this to you, Bill. It's just oil. And throughout the Bible, a lot of times when it talks about oil, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, he's not mortar oil. Well, I'll tell you, who likes cars? Mike, where you at, Mike? Okay, nobody likes, how about boats? How about motorcycles? I like horses too, but they don't run on oil. You know, what happens, and I got my Firebird at home, and I got my motor, what happens if that car doesn't have oil? And I fire that puppy up. What happens? It stops. In fact, it just blows up and burns up, doesn't it? But see, the Holy Spirit in our lives is like the, like the oil to a car. If it's not there, it's not going to work. In fact, it's just going to get hot, burn up, and become worthless useless. You know, a Christian that, that doesn't exercise the, the Spirit of God, doesn't serve God in any way. I love you guys, right? But I'm going to tell you something. You, if you're not serving God in some way, some capacity, you're just useless. <laughs> you're just useless. He's all, oh, don't say that, preacher. I've got to say it. Because I want you to be a useful little engine. Thomas. Thomas, okay. Everybody, you guys got kids you know about Thomas, a little engine? God wants us to be useful and useful through the gifts he gives us. And if you're not, 
then you're just useless. You say, no, I'm not. I love people. Well, then you're using that gift of love, but you're being useful in some way. See, if you just come in here and sit and do nothing, nothing at all, absolutely nothing, a lot of people say, well, we got, TV, we got the church on TV. Well, fantastic. How are you serving God from that? Well, I'm watching it. Well, you have fun up there when you go up there for that judgment up there, and God says, well, what would you do with all them gifts I gave you? Well, I watch it on TV. See how that works out for you. See how that works out for you. You know, and you, you look at these things, these people that call me with all these situations, and it's like, I just, you just want to sit down and just say, if you don't get this right, you're going to die and face the God that created everything. And you're worried about time? You're worried about a few snowflakes? You're worried about a few raindrops? You're worried about what somebody might think of you? Is, is that what you're worried about? You don't want to exercise your gifts because you just don't want to? You really don't even have, you know, you just, you, sometimes you just run out of excuses. I've, Doug, I've heard all the excuses in the world. Josh, I bet you've heard a lot of excuses. You work over at the fire department. Yeah, I bet you just heard a lot of excuses. Well, I shouldn't have left them matches out. I shouldn't have been smoking that cigarette, right? Shouldn't have smoked that cigarette in the bed, caught the whole house on fire. Excuse after excuse after I think God's probably tired of excuses about now. It's been a couple thousand years since his son died on the cross. He's probably about tired of our excuses. Church, we don't have any excuse. Excuses, we become lazy Christians, if that's what you can call us. We've just become lazy, apathetic, and useless. In the book of Revelation, it tells us what? Not hot, not cold, and Jesus says, I spew you out. I spew you out. Tell you what, at least the... Some of these churches that don't preach the right things, at least they're doing something. They're working for Satan. I'll tell you what, people work for Satan a lot more than they work for God. You ever seen that out? This world works for Satan. They do good jobs for Satan. Have you noticed that, how good the world works for Satan? Oh, they don't work for Satan. Yes, they do. See, if you're not working for God, guess who you're working for? You're working for yourself, a lot of people. They want all that power. But in return, it's just Satan deceiving and lies. If you're not being useful for God, then who are you being useful for? Come on, somebody help me. Who are you being useful for? It's called Satan. It's called evil. Oh, preacher, I mean well. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't. He said, well, you've got to talk like that fool. Because I want you to live a life full of joy, without struggles, full of grace and mercy and love and peace. Amen. That's what I want you to live. I don't want you to live a, a life struggling continually, continually. The reason you have struggles is if you're not putting your trust in God, you're taking more on yourself, you're not giving over to God, and you struggle and you struggle. You don't pay tithes. You don't go to the church only when you want something. You're not being useful to God. You're being useful to Satan. And you say, why am I struggling? It ain't fair. My God's the most fairest God I ever know of. I don't know any other gods anyway. He's a fair God, amen? He's given me lots of time to work this out in my life. How much time have I got? I don't even know where I'm at anymore. For, according, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit 
you be put to death and the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are what? Ooh, I love that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are what? Sons of God. See, if the Holy Spirit indwells in you, then guess what? He should be leading you. I want to be full of the Spirit. Amen? You guys have heard that term, just full of the Spirit. Well, I'll tell you what, you want to be full of the Spirit, then you've got to do what God's Word says. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. You've got to get in your, your war room, and you've got to get the strategy, and you've got to be exercising what God wants to do in your life. Is this too hard to understand? Am I like a college professor way over everybody's head? No, I'm about as dumb as they come. I'm right down here with you, okay? Some of you are way above me. That's for sure. It's not, this is not complicated. It's not complicated. Don't make it complicated. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. I don't have a Holy Spirit of bondage in me. I don't have to fear. Fear is the number one thing that I think Satan uses against the world and against Christians over, over and over again. They throw things, he just keeps throwing things at you like, a, like it's not like a, a one little bomb going off, boom, boom. It's, it's like a, 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 you just mortars here and nuclear bombs over here and, and grenades over here and machine gun fire over here. And it's, it's all over the place. That's what he does. And if we have this fear in us, then that distracts us from where God's glory and where God is taking us because we can't get our mind off the fear. And Satan says, I got you guys. I'll just throw out little things like that to you. Josh, you may need a big old grenade. And somebody else may need a little nothing. And the fear just rolls in. But you see with the Nehemiah when we started, you have to face those things and allow God to overpower But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Everybody say, Abba, Father. Everybody say, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. There it is. It is we are. It bears with me. I get excited about God because guess what? I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. That should excite you forever. Just, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. You know, we got 20-some adults over there next door teaching our children right now. You know why? They're exercising their gifts. They're children of God. They're extra, they they want to learn. They want to help. This church is a beautiful church. We got, I think it's 50-some people that work with kids around here. It's because we got about 70 little kids running around here. But we got, you know, most churches can't even get a few people to work once in a while, and then they're stuck over there forever. We got a bunch. We got a lot of people doing a lot of good things. But see, I want to keep that going. I want to roll that. You know, one of the problems we have, one of the, who, some teenagers, raise your hand. Stand up. Braden, you tell me you teenagers. Stand up for a minute. Where's Riley? Where's Rio? You teenagers, come up here and stand here for me. I'm not going to pick on you, Riley. I'm not going to pick on you. I'm going to try to help you. Where's Jacqueline? Where's Cole? Where's Eric? Get on up here, Eric. Now I want to show you something. Now I've read some, we've got more teenagers. I want to show you, some, show you something I read this week. I love things I read. When I get time, I try to really read. One of the, I'm interested in these guys right here. Well, all of you. All of you. I'm interested. You know why? Because... Some of these guys, what grade are you guys in? 11th. 11th, that's junior, junior? Yeah. Wow, we got one more year with them. You know what happens when seniors graduate from high school? We don't see them again. <laughs> They're gone. Where'd they go? Where'd they? I thought they liked us. What happened? 
I thought you guys liked me. What happened? The, you ready to get out of here? I didn't leave yet. No, you haven't left yet. Okay. <laughs> but you know, we love them. Don't, do you guys love these kids? I mean, you may not even know them, but you love them because you love God, right? You love them, right? Do you know this is a crucial age, isn't it? Everybody say, yeah, crucial age. Now, they don't know that. They know everything. They think we're all crazy. Now, they love us. Maybe, I don't know if Riley does, but they love us. One of the reasons we don't see these kids from 18 to 22 is because they've been in the Sunday school classes and in the youth separated from the church. They get out of high school. They can no longer go back to what they're comfortable with, and they come into you guys, and you guys go, huh. I know what you did. And they've got no friends. A few graduated at a time, and they come, and they're like going into this church over here, which is different from everything they grew up with. And they say, well, I'm not comfortable there anymore. I'm going to go somewhere else and hide out. <laughs> or I'm not going to go at all. And poof, there they go. We say, that's too bad for them. That's sad, isn't it? You know, the, the answer to that is, as a church, we recognize the situation. We get a strategy in our prayer rooms over that. We help encourage other people in the church to take on when they become a junior to look at these kids, call them once in a while, take on a relationship with them. It doesn't have to be an overpowering relationship. It has to be something to let them know that we actually love them and care about them. That when they do transfer from being out of high school over to in college and with us, they feel comfortable about it. They're not strangers in the church. Amen? You've got to have a strategy. You've got to have a plan. I don't want to lose these two. I don't want to lose them. But statistics say, oh, we're going to lose them. We're going to lose them. That's what, that's what the statistics tell us. I don't want to lose them. Do you guys want to lose us? No. You sure, Riley? I'm positive. But do you know something? You'll leave. You know something? You may not because you got Mike back there to kick your tail. <laughs> but you may be here in mind only. I mean in body only, not your mind and heart. So we need to do a better job in this church. We need to have a strategy in place and, and be praying in our, in our war rooms that this, that we will not lose none of these. Amen? Amen. You guys sit down. Thank you. <laughs> spiritual gifts. You've got you to get involved with your spiritual gifts. And I promise you, the God of God is bringing these things to us, and he is lifting you people up to empower you to help. Because God doesn't want to lose these people. You know, if you lose them, you know what happens? They go out into a world that knows nothing but evil and, and self-centeredness. I don't want to lose them. They may not like the way I preach, and that's okay, but I still don't want to lose them. Abba, Father, and the Spirit himself bear witness to our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, and heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be what? Glorified what? Say it again, glorified what? Together. Together. I've got about, there's 20 more books in here. Some of you may not want to do the war room and you may have your own prayer lives. Fine. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. 
But all of you that, that come to this church, you should be serving. You should be on a team. You should be investigating the teams. We got people that serve us continually. The worship team and the fellowship team, they serve us continually. Y'all like that breakfast every Sunday. Y'all like the big dinners, right? I know a lot of you serve on these teams and stuff, but man, they need help. You know? And you say, well, how in the world does feeding people, how is that a gift? A gift of hospitality, a gift of love, a gift of encouragement. You know, I get encouraged when I hear Brooke and everybody sing up here. I'm encouraged. Now, their, their voices are God-given talent, but their gift is a gift of encouragement and mercy. And I'm encouraged. Are you not encouraged when you hear beautiful music? Are you not encouraged by that? That's a gift of encouragement. And we got a lot of others that Brent's getting ready to start teaching. He asked the Lord to give him something to do. Isn't that what you told me? But I didn't know he had prayed about that. I had no idea he prayed about that. And I started praying over, these, over this series and how to bring these things to you. And I realized quickly that I, I'm not to break down these gifts individually, but, but to encourage you and, and show you how to accept these gifts and live in these gifts and use these gifts. But the gift of understanding and trying to pick these gifts apart was not my job. And I kept praying. I was like, well, who, how are we going to get this done, God? And he says, I want you to do a study. And you say, well, how do you know he wants to do a study? Because he wants us to study the Word of God. I'm in my prayer life. I'm in my war room. I'm trying to get the strategy together to what God wants to do in his church. And it clearly comes to me that we're going to do a study, a four-week study. And I said, okay, I really... <sighs> That's a lot of time. It is. I said, okay, I'll do it. And he said, no, you're not doing it. <laughs> I said, well, who's doing it? He said, well, how, do you, how does God talk to you? Well, you know, I said, God, who in the world, who do you want to do this? I've got this person, I've got that person. Who's going to do this? I'm thinking of the people that teach in the church. Who's going to, to who? We've got so many people doing so many things. And he looked at it in my heart. It says, Brent Roberts. <laughs> I called Brent. I said, Brent, will you meet with me? I've got some stuff I want to give you. We do this. Brent says, yeah, I've been praying over that confirmation amen does God want to work through our gifts absolutely does God want us to have a, a strategy a, a prayer time in order to understand these things and to with do battle against the evils and Satan that's going to come against this church absolutely does God want to change Nineveh help change the world you know the world got to see these people get freed from Iran does that bring God to glory absolutely Will the world deny that God had anything to do with it? Absolutely. Will the church? It better not. It better not. Because I have a mind of God and a heart of God, not a mind of the earth. That's the difference. Now, I'm going to close right now, but I've got a question as we go through here. Do you have a heart for God? Do you have that indwelling spirit? What's, your, what's in your bucket list? <laughs> what's, what's in your bucket list? I can tell you what's in God's bucket list. I told you. What's in your bucket list? What's in it? See, because what's in the bucket list, what's in your, how your checkbook's written out, <laughs> it tells you where your heart is. It tells you. That's to ask God for it. And I mean ask him for it. If you want to understand things from God, you've got to be willing to to give your time. You've got to be willing to have a strategy. You've got to be willing to face your fears. Allow God to overpower your life.
and trust him with your life. A man called me the other day about wanting to learn about prophecy and times and things like that. And I told him about Mike that teaches on Wednesday nights. I said, if you want to learn the Bible, go to BSF. You want to learn things, go to BSF. How many times have I talked to you guys about that? You want to learn God's word? You're going to get some of it here. We're going to do everything we can. You want to dig into God's word? Go somewhere where they teach it. Amen? Go somewhere where, where it's you and God and a group of men or women that love the God that you spend time learning these things. They're out there. You just got to want it. Let's stand. Words for the, words for the week. Say it. Somebody say it. There you go. Give it to him, please. The Lord of all created you for good works. Question for the week. Are you living under the authority of your struggles or God's glory? Are you living under the authority of your struggles or God's glory? If you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're welcome at these tables. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you're welcome at these tables. If you have sin in your life, then you need to get that sin out of your life. You need to repent over that and ask God for forgiveness and then come to these tables. If you need to understand something more important in your life than the gifts, if you want to understand these gifts, come to the tables with that kind of heart, with that kind of heart set, that kind of mindset, and allow God to instruct you. And he will. Do you believe me? Am I telling the truth or am I lying? Say the truth. Come enjoy the Lord today.
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your message through Paul. Uh, convict our hearts of the things that, that we need to face uh, and settle with you. Uh, we pray especially that, that you would show us our gifts and that we would uh, use them for your mighty purpose. It's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> 